Mission Mobilization Chats with Ryan Shaw, Multiplying Mission Mobilization Movements. This podcast is powered by Global Mission Mobilization Initiative. Subscribe, watch, and listen on YouTube today. Find more exciting resources, teachings, and tools for mission mobilization on globalmmi.net. All right, welcome to Mission Mission Mobilization Chats, our podcast. This is episode number 24. And in the Mission Mobilization Chats, overall, we are looking at cutting-edge topics related to the issue of mission mobilization across our denominations, churches, organizations, and uh, local ministry entities. So in this episode number 24, we're looking at a very important issue of helping the global church to grasp and understand her core identity before God. So there's two fundamental questions that mission mobilization is meant to help the church provide answers for. Part of our calling as mission mobilizers is to clearly answer these two questions for the church. And the two questions are, who are we? As the global church, what is our core identity? That's what we're going to look at uh, today in this podcast episode. And also the second question of what are we meant to do as the church of Jesus Christ? What is our primary calling? What are our tasks? What are the strategies that God has called us to implement? So these two questions are very, very foundational. Who are we and what are we meant to? To do the church globally has to understand and has to answer these two questions very very clearly and right now that is not happening we're not really sure who we are and we're not really sure what we are meant to do so mobilization answers these two questions so right now we're looking at the first one who are we and I would say that right now the global church is in a very significant time of what I call transition, transition, where paradigm shifts uh, are taking place. And one of the major paradigm shifts is progressing us from kind of what has been in missions, what has been in mobilization, and where the Lord is wanting to transition us into uh, to understand who we are right now. Okay, what are we meant to be doing right now? So not just the has-been of history. We love that. We thank the Lord for the the historical uh, narrative and the dynamics that he's brought us through. And we learn from all that. Okay, but now we want to look at what's happening now and then also what is coming down the road. All right, and mobilization is meant, again, to help guide the church into understanding these shifts from what has been to what is coming. So we're not just doing the same old traditional business as usual things. We're tracking with the Holy Spirit to understand what he wants us to do now. And then also uh, looking into the future a little bit and what the Lord will be bringing down the road. So as we're looking at these paradigm shifts, it's very important that we're uh, willing to embrace thinking a little bit differently. Okay, if we're going to track with the Holy Spirit and where he is leading things, even in mission, even in mobilization, then it's very, very important that we ask some new questions, that we think a little bit differently. I love 
the passage in Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. This wonderful invitation by the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah to the church, to Israel. He says, call to me. This is God speaking. He's inviting. He says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. And the end part is the most important, which you do not know. Call to me and I'm going to answer you. I'm going to show you great and mighty things, which right now at present, you do not yet know. This is what the Spirit is inviting us into, even as mobilizers uh, related to mobilization in our ministries, in our denominations. We need to think differently. We need to see that God is bringing some of these paradigm shifts from what has been to what is coming so that we can track with him and we need to ask him these questions. Lord, show us. There's so much, God, that we don't know about mobilization. There's so much that we don't know about your plans for cross-cultural mission, your plans to fulfill the Great Commission. Lord, come and show us. That's part of this Verse Jeremiah 33, uh, 3, and that's part of the promise. So when we look at the uh, surface of the mission movement right now, and this correlates with the Jeremiah 33, verse 3 calling, when we look at the mission movement, it looks a little bit stale. All right. And so when we uh, recognize that, we want to ask the Lord some things. Lord, what are the things that we're not yet seeing? What are the things that we're uh, that you want to show to us, to open our eyes in new and fresh ways. So that when we look around the world, we see the mission movement, we see some of the numbers even of long-term message bearers from traditional sending nations, Those the numbers are dwindling. And then at the same time, we have these emerging sending nations that are getting excited and enthusiastic about missions, but they're not really sure how do we engage how do we become effectively involved? So on both sides, kind of the more traditional, uh, maybe Western type sending countries, those numbers are dwindling. And then in the global South, the emerging sending nations, there's a little bit of lack of, of clarity. Well, how do we do this? What do we do? And that's normal and natural because it's very uh, recent for them. And so the question becomes, if these two things are a reality, what is the global church going to do about it? Are we going to continue with kind of business as, as usual, looking at the has-been, the traditional, or are we going to embrace paradigm shifts that the Holy Spirit wants to reveal, but we have to do the Jeremiah 33.3 thing? Call to me, says the Lord. Seek my face. Be diligent. Be intentional. Be deliberate. Press into me, says God. And I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. No. Oh, how we need that in the mission movement today. Oh, how we need that in mobilization today. And the Lord is ready to give those uh, shifts, the clarity, the knowledge about those shifts, so that we can rightly reap the great global harvest that the Lord is wanting to bring. Now, I mentioned the main topic of this episode is this uh, idea of the core identity of his church. Well, this is one of the big paradigm shifts that I am completely confident. I see it all over the place and the need for it all over the place that this paradigm shift is one of the things that God is doing very, very strongly right now. He wants to root his people in core identity. 
what our core identity is, as a corporate body, the global church, the vehicle that God has chosen to reap the great harvest among all the ethnic peoples, we need to see that we are, our corporate identity is as God's multiplying, reproducing missionary kind of people. This is fundamental, actually, if we're going to see the church become who she is meant to be. If we don't even know or recognize or believe what our core identity really is before God, then it's going to be very, very difficult to continue to mobilize the church. That's why we're talking about this as a topic of mobilization. We have to see the church grasp who she is at the fundamental part of her, uh, of her being. Now, identity is crucial to the whole human race, right? Every individual will find identity in something, and it often shifts throughout our lifetime. Sometimes we find an identity maybe in a job, or we find an identity in a, in a position. We find identity with how much of a salary we take home. We uh, find identity with our family. Uh, we find identity with the socioeconomic level of our tribe that we're from in our, in our home country. All these different things will give us external identity. All right, so what identity does is that it actually helps us define how we view ourselves and how we think others view us. So that's what an identity is. How you kind of view yourself at the fundamental side, well, is who I am based on how much money I make? Is who I am based on what uh, ethnic background I am? Is who I am based on my education level? All of these questions and many, many more, these are what drive our identity unless we take on a different identity given to us from the word of God and by the mouth of God himself. So identity is very, very fundamental, we can say. It's at the, it's at the foundation, uh, really, of who we are. And it's interesting because even a lot of emotional ups and downs okay, come as a result of our identity. They come as a result of how we view ourselves and how we think others view us. So one day I'm doing real well because I'm measuring myself related to some particular identity, whatever I've chosen to put my identity in. One day I'm on cloud line nine and the next day I'm down in the dumps because when I compare myself and I measure myself based on that uh, external identity based on that standard, I don't measure up. And so I go down and my emotions go down. I'm convinced that a lot of depression in the earth today revolves around this issue of, of core identity. All right? Yet all of these different identities that we get from an external, uh, that, that are told us by the society or that are told us by our own fallen kind of sinful natures, right? All of these identities fall short of God's identity for us. And this is where the rubber meets the road for us in mobilization, where we need to be helping the churches, helping believers, helping disciples to throw off the shackles of those wrong identity measuring sticks and to instead uh, compare myself, not compare myself, but to make myself understand myself through the identity of God's perspective that he has for me and his identity, not kind of the fleshly identity or the worldly identity 
that we, uh, that we put on ourselves. So one of the things I think God is seeking for us to do is to lay down false identities across the church so that we can grow in his core identity. And again, this is a part of our role as mobilizers. What we do in mobilization is to help the people of God lay down those false identities that they thought were so important for who they are, right? They're actually not very important before the Lord. And instead he says, I want you to put on my core identity for you. Now it's important to recognize that every believer possesses the same corporate identity. It's part of our corporate makeup. Okay. Yes, we all have different callings and different specific ways that we will express that core identity. Absolutely. Different giftings, different abilities, different skill sets, uh, all the different things that the Holy Spirit gives to us as born again believers, but they're all meant to contribute towards one core corporate identity. And that's what we're talking about in this. Helping believers to recognize that they possess this corporate identity, even if they have a, a very different job, a very different situation, they still need to see themselves as contributing because of their core identity, uh, contributing to that purpose of God that he has. So that means then that embracing core identity actually enables believers and it helps local ministries to now walk in the will of God. If we have a, an identity that is uh, just based on individualism, number one, and then based on a worldly kind of measuring stick, but I'm still calling myself a follower of Jesus, then we're not really walking according to the will of God. Okay, that's why embracing this core identity and helping churches and believers and ministries to grasp it and to live according to it, that's why this is so important. So we're helping ministries and believers to actually walk in light of the will of God. And what's the will of God? Well, there's a grand macro will of God, and that's that every believer is meant to live for the glory of Jesus on the earth. That is our, our big picture purpose on the whole earth, not just in our little neck of the woods, so to speak. Okay? He wants us, the will of God is to live for Jesus' glory uh, all over the earth. And what happens is, and I've watched this in my own life and in many others' lives, when we start to see that corporate identity, when we start to buy into it, when we start to allow our lives to be changed, how we operate, what we care about, all these different things. When we see that corporate identity, we then can choose to align our lives with what matters most to Jesus. This macro will of God that I just said, living for Jesus' glory on the earth. Not just living that I can make lots of money, but I still say, oh, I go to church, I'm a follower of Jesus, sure. No, no, no. Yes, you might make lots of money, but how does that contribute then to the kingdom of God breaking in on the earth? How does that contribute to the big picture will of God, the core identity that you have and that every born again believer has? All right, so we've talked a little bit about core identity here, but we haven't yet defined it. All right, so let's define now what is the global church's core corporate identity? Who are we? All right, that's that question we need to be able to answer and that we help believers and local ministries to answer. Who are we as the church of Jesus Christ? Well, it's very simple. We are the children of God 
bought with the blood of Jesus, grafted into his global family, were made bond servants of the king so that we serve him as he's working out his kingdom purposes among all the ethnic people groups. That is who we are. If I can put that into a nutshell, we've been born again, bought and purchased, redeemed through the, the shed blood of Jesus that cost him everything. Okay, And we've been grafted into a new body, a global family of Jesus Christ. Why? So that we can know him more, live intimately in fellowship with him, and then so we can multiply and reproduce and see his kingdom established among all the unreached peoples of the earth. That is our corporate identity. All right. So my friend Micah Degbele, he's a leader in the Nigerian church, he says it this way. He says about our core corporate identity, he says we are God's missionary people. He just bluntly puts it out there. I love that. We are God's missionary people. We are his channel for multiplying biblical, spirit-led, spiritually vibrant communities of disciples among all the least reached peoples. Seeing the kingdom of God rooted among them, diffusing his righteousness and his justice among all the nations. Wow, what a beautiful definition of our core corporate identity and of who we are. That is who we are. Now, it's important again that we state this is not just for believers who want this identity. We find this in the global church today. Even though many of us come from community-based cultures, the Western cultural value of individualism is actually seeping in more and more and more, even to our non-Western cultural background. So that this individualistic viewpoint of my life and my calling before God and what I'm going to do and how I'm going to live and how I'm going to serve, we've taken on, and this is again, it's seeping into the non-Western church, we've taken on this very individualistic outlook. So that we say, well, you might have that specific uh, corporate identity. You guys over there, your church, but that's not for us. No, 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 that's not right. Okay, he's given this core corporate identity to the whole body of Christ. This is who we are in a big picture sense. So it's not just for believers who want this identity. Sometimes as Christians, we pick and choose. I like this part of the gospel. I like this part. I like this part. I like this part. But oh, those other parts? No, no, no. Those aren't for me. That's not biblical Christianity at all. Biblical Christianity is that we take his core corporate identity. We all possess it and we all figure out by the Spirit of God, what's my individual contribution, Lord, into this big picture uh, purpose and this big picture identity that you're setting before your people. So the people of God then that are aligning with our core corporate identity, this is the goal of mission mobilization, to help the church of Christ align with this significant core corporate identity that usually we've overlooked or we've just pushed to the side. We've not allowed it to be the centerpiece like the New Testament makes it out to. Jesus made it out to be central. 
The Apostle Paul made it out to be central. All of his churches had this core corporate identity within them. They were reproducing churches. They were multiplying churches. Now, Paul didn't talk a lot about that. He didn't have to because the Spirit of God had already uh, imparted that clear DNA and that clear core corporate identity to the children of God. Well, how did that process happen? That's what took place through Pentecost. The outpouring of the Spirit in Acts chapter 2 had this DNA at its core to call a body who had this core corporate identity as God's missionary people, as God's reproducing people. This is who we are. And this is what we must do as mobilizers uh, to help the church grasp this and understand it. Now, let me take us through a little bit of the theology, a little bit of the background, the history to get to this point. So following Jesus' death and resurrection, he gave his great commission, right? This was given to all Disciples. This wasn't just for a few that were on that mountaintop with him. Actually, there was probably a lot more, closer to 500 scholars uh, think. But even for them, it wasn't only for them. It wasn't just for the 120 that showed up in the upper room uh, to pray and to fast and to seek God's face until the Spirit was poured out uh, at Pentecost. It wasn't just for the Apostle Peter. It wasn't just for the Apostle John. No, it was meant for every follower of Jesus. His great commission is our commission. So what is that commission? Well, disciples are called to take his gospel in word as well as demonstration of his power to the ends of the earth, discipling all ethnic peoples. Right? Now that doesn't mean that every believer is going to go to the ends of the earth, but it does mean that every believer has a role to play because the corporate identity of every single believer is this great commission that he gave to all disciples. This is the identity of the church from the time Jesus gave that commission, 40 or so days or just a few days, uh, actually 40 days after he was resurrected, and the day that he ascended to the right hand of the Father, this has been our mandate, our task, our commission as the global body of Christ ever since, and it will be all the way up to the second coming uh, of Jesus Christ. Okay, but how? How is this great commission going to get fulfilled? What is the vehicle that he will use? Well, this was the purpose of Acts chapter 2. The outpouring of the Spirit at, uh, uh, at Pentecost created what we've come to know as the church. And this was the brand new entity not even foreseen in the Old Covenant. None of the Old Testament prophets really foresaw this age, this church age that we're living in right now. They kind of skipped over. They saw the, some mountain peaks of what was to come, but many of them skipped over all the way to the second coming of Jesus. Okay, And that's beautiful. We love all of that when we study the end times. But they didn't necessarily see the entity of the church or this whole age really, that uh, matters so much to Jesus. So the church then was created to be the vehicle that sees the fulfillment of the Great Commission. It was we were created to be that vehicle that takes on the corporate identity that we are intimate friends of God because of his redemption power, because of his death and resurrection. And as intimate friends of God, we have a purpose. 
What's that purpose? To scatter out among all the unreached people groups and see a great harvest uh, brought into the kingdom. And so we could say very clearly from the New Testament that the church was created as God's missionary people. This core identity is who we are. That's who we were in Acts chapter 2 when the church first got uh, created by the hand of God and by the Holy Spirit himself. And 2,000 years later, we are still seeking to be faithful and obedient to that great commission. And what that means is our core identity is the same as it was back then. Ever since Acts chapter 2, our core identity has been the same. God's missionary people. Now, it's, it's possible to actually read the entire Bible from this vantage point. Okay? From the viewpoint of seeing the global mission of God and seeing that our core identity, Israel had it, and now as the church in the New Covenant, we have it, this core identity to be involved in shining the light of God, of Yahweh, of Jehovah, among all the peoples and nations where it has yet to gone. This is our core corporate identity. And as mission mobilizers, we have a responsibility to help the churches recognize this core corporate identity. And this is something that we've not done real well. We've tried to get a few people excited about missions, calling them missionaries who go out, laborers to the unreached. And yes, we need many, many more of those. But those, many, many more of those, are not going to come unless the core corporate body begins to understand who we are in our very essence, in the very core identity uh, of our being. Now, I want to give you a quote by a famous missiologist, uh, Dr. David J. Bosch. And he says this, he says, global mission is not merely an activity of the global church. Whoa, that's revolutionary right there. Many believers think mission is just an activity. That's not right theologically when we look at who God is. So he goes on, global mission is not merely an activity of the church, but it's an attribute of God himself. Wow. Mission is an attribute of who God is. It's not just something that we do. It's not just something that God does. It's in his attributes. It's in his core. It's his identity. It's how he expresses himself because he longs for a global people that are redeemed and that are in worshiping God before the throne. He goes on, David uh, Bosch does, and he says, God is a missionary God. Jesus is a missionary Messiah. And the Spirit is a missionary spirit. And so, therefore, we can conclude from this quote from Dr. Bosch, mission mobilization starts with God himself, who's on this global mission, aligning his people to buy into their core corporate identity as his missionary people. He's the missionary God. Jesus is the missionary Messiah. The Spirit is the missionary spirit. And we are the missionary people that he has called uh, into being to reach the whole earth. He won't do it by himself. He calls us to bear his own identity, to receive that identity, and to work out that identity among all the nations. Let me finish with a quote from one of my own professors from Fuller Seminary, uh, Chuck Van Ingen, Dr. Ch uh, Charles Van Ingen. 
He says, global mission is the global church's primary task, not one of many. Very important for us to get. Very important for us to, to be able to communicate that to the church. Very few believers sitting in our churches today in 2022 believe that. Believe that global mission is the global church's primary task. It's not just one of many. Most believers see it as one of many. Most pastors see it as one of many. And so as a result, it's very common to lump mission together with a handful of other important projects that the church is engaging with. And if we do that, according to Dr. Bosch and according to many other missiologists, including Chuck Van Ingen here, if we do that, we make something out of global mission that God never intended. He didn't intend it just to be a nice, another little project that the church gives a little bit of time and energy every once in a while too. That's not his heartbeat on global mission. It is meant to be at the core, at the center, not off on the periphery somewhere where it is right now. Not given one Sunday a year where someone preaches about mission kinds of topics. This is not the heartbeat of God. We must bring it back to the center. We must bring it back to the core identity of who the people of God are. Amen? I think I'm going to close with that. So I want to challenge you, ask you a question. How can you be helping your local ministry? Or maybe if you're a, a more of a, a leader who oversees many ministries, maybe an apostolic type leader. Okay, Depend, It doesn't matter which role you have. The question still remains the same. How are you helping the ministries under your care, the ministries under your influence, to see and embrace their core corporate identity as God's reproducing, multiplying, missionary kind of people? How can you be doing that among those you influence? Let me close us in prayer. Lord, we love you. We see in your word this core corporate identity. And we want to align with it ourselves and then bring as many people into understanding that in your global church as we possibly can. Lord, empower believers across your church to buy into this. Lord, let your church pray more and more about this. So we are praying for your global church to get her core identity, to let it be front and center, not off on the periphery somewhere. Father, we're asking for this that you would restore core corporate identity as it was meant to be who we are, Lord, in your church, that we would get it and that we would operate and live according to that core corporate identity. Help us, Holy Spirit, release light across your body related to this subject. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The Lord bless you today. To listen to more Mission Mobilization Chats, subscribe on YouTube or go to globalmmi.net.